If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me uh, to uh, Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. How many of you are here on Christmas Eve for the Christmas Eve service? Okay, great. So I won't preach last night's sermon. Um, Not that I was going to, but I do want to go back to the same spot and just bring a little Christmas message to you and those of you online. Um, If you remember, we read from Luke chapter 2 and verse 8, the angels announces Jesus um, to the shepherds. And I want to linger on one word. I think uh, last night I talked about three things. I talked about how the shepherds responded to the coming of Jesus. Uh, First of all, they listened. And I think it's really important that in our our spiritual life, we keep listening to what God may be saying, although God is speaking in so many ways. Of course, God speaks. The primary way that God always speaks is through his scripture. But there are also those little moments of signs that make us wonder. When those moments happen, we go, oh, Gosh, somebody says something, somebody does something. There's a moment, then you, you ponder that moment, like Mary did here. She pondered it in her heart because she, she was seeing all these things unfolding as she saw the shepherds arriving to uh, the stable and the manger there and was pondering this in her heart. And I think the lesson is that we, we want to listen. They, they listened. The second point, of course, was peace with God. The peace that now the battle of selfishness and our sinful nature and the battle that we live with our own egos and our own own desires uh, that can separate us from God, that we become our little gods and we want to be on the throne of our own heart rather than, than, than surrendering all. The word peace means the end of hostilities and that now we can enter in to that relationship with God. And then of course it's the angels declared, fear not, don't be afraid. And so often we forget that the coming of Christ and the coming of the gospel is an end to fear. But yet we can be driven by fear in so many different areas in our lives. We can be driven by the fear that we might have about the future. Even the fear that we might have about death. The fear we might have about being embarrassed. The shame of fear that can come and the rejection that comes with that shame and comes with that fear is a very powerful force within so many lies. And yet when Christ came, God with us, and Jesus lived amongst us and died upon the cross and rose on the third day, all shame, All rejection, all fear is gone because of the work of the cross. And so, let me just read you a word I want to leave with you. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, 
Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. Verse 10, the word is behold. Some of the uh, newer translations don't have the word behold in there, but I am convinced that actually the construct of the passage is the word behold. Uh, We can easily skip over the word. But behold, I bring you good news. Now what does the word behold mean? Actually in the context of what this is saying, it's actually saying this. Behold, there is no more fearing. Behold, I want you to be perceiving. So let me say that again. Behold, don't be afraid. Literally, the translation could be, there is no more fearing. You don't have to fear anymore. You don't have to fear. You don't have to be worried. But now you can have perceiving. What does the word perceiving mean? It means that very essence of, oh, I see, I understand, I am beholding the good news of the gift of God to the world. I'm beholding Jesus Christ incarnated as a baby here, God himself amongst humanity in the beauty and the mystery of the Trinity, the triune God, which we so passionately believe in. I behold the gospel has arrived to the world and when you went when they went and saw the child what they were looking at behold the gospel has arrived the good news is here there is now no longer any shame there is no longer any condemnation there is now a way to find God there is now a way to have a relationship with God behold here you are perceive gaze at look at see understand take it all in grasp it with all that you can behold because the saviour has been born in Bethlehem And if only in our our walk, in our spiritual walk, if only we could get to that point where we live in the moment of beholding. Because so often it's so easy to get distracted and we forget to gaze and behold God and gaze and behold his presence in our lives and that he is there because it's hard work without the gospel at work in our lives because we we so easily give in to fear we so easily are battling to try and find our identity and who we really are and we forget behold the answer is in this baby and behold let us gaze let us ponder let us Linger, let us muse on the glory of what God has done on this Christmas morning where the Saviour has come to the world to save the world and to bring joy. And actually what the angels are saying to the shepherds is, will you just stop and, and behold everything that is taking place because it is so glorious and marvellous and wonderful. 
1961, the Russians sent a spaceship in the, up, up into the um, atmosphere. And of course, Krishnov, President Krishnov, um, the Russian president at that time, uh, Yuli Gagarin, uh, returned. And, 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 and in that kind of 1960s communistic, atheistic way, Krishnath said, I spoke to my astronaut and he went, he was the first man in space of all history. And he tells me one thing, there is no God up there. That was quite a statement in 1961. It irritated a lot of Christians. <laughs> no God up there. No God present. He did, Yuri Gagarin didn't find the God that they talk about, that they believe in. And, and Krishnath, who you know, was quite a character in that kind of historical era and, and so destructive, he, would, he, he declared it was no good. C.S. Lewis saw this and he wrote a short essay about this. And the essence of the essay was, behold, <laughs> you're not going to find God up there because God has come down here. See, God, if you're looking for God in a penthouse suite up above 15 flights high, in fact, Lewis put it this way, like you're living on the ground floor and somebody lives above you and you're always looking upwards for them. And I like to think of it like, oh, so often we think of God up there in a penthouse suite. Not that I can add to Lewis's words, but I will do. And, and it's all kind of grand and everything and you're kind of irrelevant. But when you finally get up there, you will then see God and the Russians said they got up there and there was no God. Well, they missed the point. The point is God came down here and lived amongst us. And you only see God in the story of the nativity and the gospel of Christ and all that Christ did upon the cross and when he rose again on the third day. Lewis went on in that essay he wrote to the Russians he went on to say, of course, it's, when you say there is no God, it's like, well, who wrote Hamlet? Shakespeare wrote Hamlet, and it's only what Shakespeare wrote the, the characters of the story know. And the only way that Hamlet would know something about Shakespeare's existence is if Shakespeare wrote into the play Hamlet about the existence of Shakespeare. What's he actually saying there? He's brilliantly saying that the only reason we know the existence of God is because God the creator has written it into our lives and into our hearts and brought it to this world. And the only way we know is because behold, a child is born. And has come amongst us. And you know that God exists. Not because Shakespeare has written it in our story. But God has written it in our lives. And the story is so precious that we behold it. We gaze upon it. 
we understand what God has done. And I think that's why it's so important as we read and as we remember the story of the shepherds and we remember that we don't lose. There's that behold word and of course there's the Mary word which is ponder. She pondered these things in her heart. And if I can encourage you in all of your walk with the Lord to never stop pondering, to never stop beholding, to never stop gazing, to never stop knowing that you know the existence of God because God has written it in our lives. And you only have to stop and see it. You don't have to go upstairs to find God because God has come down here and placed his spirit within our lives and he has redeemed us. So behold, behold the manger, behold the gospel, behold the truth and look at it and realize what God has done for us. Let's pause and pray. It would be remissant of us as a community in Kelowna not to pause and pray for the e-bus Uh, And the crash that happened um, on Christmas Eve. Lord, have mercy. Lord, we pray for all those at this moment who are struggling and the 53 injured and the medical services and the first responders and all those that had to make their way to that bleak scene for all the trauma and all the pain on Christmas Eve that somehow focuses it. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will be with each of the families, the families that were traveling, and that, Lord, that you would comfort those that are injured and surround them in your love. And be with them, we pray, in the name of Christ. And that in the middle of this dark moment, there may be, behold, the Lord. Comfort those that mourn. Comfort those that are hurt. Comfort families with such disappointment. And surround them, Lord, we pray in your love, we ask in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray for every family here and we thank you for the message of behold. And we thank you that that the shepherds listened. And may we be a listening people that listen to your voice and listen to the way that you're speaking. May we be a people that know the beauty of peace with God and peace with all people. May we know, Lord, for each person here that may be carrying fear. I pray that fearing will go and perceiving will arrive as we behold the goodness of God. And we bless each person here that there may be peace and joy and abundance that will surround them, we ask, in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand together. And um, our final song as we sing. um, I don't actually know what our final song is.
Am I singing it? What's the final song, Jovi? Silent Night. Well, that's the German version, I hope. Yes, thank you. Yes. Let's, um, let's sing this beautiful song and worship and take a moment to behold right now. <laughs> 